0: Hi, I'm Kiki and I'm Kemi and you're listening to
1: Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after
0: high school. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. I'm Kiki and I'm here with Kemi and we've just done a lot of um, talking. So we are still in our supporting student support staff series. And today we're going to talk about difficult dialogues with students, with parents, essentially dealing with difficult situations in in our, in our workspaces with those that we serve, which are students, and sometimes the parents as well, but primarily students. But <laughs> we, we, we just thought this would be a good episode to be able to, just to give like a, a toolkit or, or, you know, stand in solidarity with each other. Like we deal, we all deal with the same stuff essentially in different ways. And there's levels to difficult dialogues, levels to difficult students. So I wanted to just kind of highlight those just so that we could, we could bring that um, to the forefront of what we do. So, yeah, I don't know. Kimmy, do you want to start with maybe the, the first yeah. type of student or do you want to share anything else before we jump in?
1: yeah so we kind of talked about this before, but we can go back into it. We were trying to open with what do we think a difficult mm-hmm. student is? And for me, there's like different levels of it. so the difficult a oh, difficult student for me, and I would say this is more on a, on a first tier like low level difficult student, is the kind of student that's we call, I, our term that we use, is like, yeah, they're kind of in the weeds. Mm-hmm. so you you give them a map. And they're just not looking at the map and they're just kind of all Mm -hmm. over the place. So that's the kind of student where you're you meet you've met with them like maybe four or five times the first week of school or it's you're like, hey, like, were you did you meet with your admissions? Did you read any of the emails that we sent that were thoroughly written? A lot of these questions have already been answered did you, did you go to orientation? Oh, you didn't mm-hmm. go to orientation. So it's that kind of student where they just show up and they just say, help mm-hmm. me. And they just kind of come out of nowhere. And in my thought process, I'm like, are you really ready for this? It kind of shows, feels like you just showed up because you were like, hey, the school looks cool. Let me sign up, you know. So, But that's like a, a tier one kind of student. You can help those. You can always, I feel like you can always help a student overcome that they may be a repeat person to come in your office every once a month for something, but it's not bad.
0: You know, it's not mm. bad. But I, and, I, and I feel like too, those aren't, so like, that's not a behavior. Like we're not saying that's like a behavioral thing. Cause like we'll get into in a minute students that have, are bringing certain behaviors with them. But yeah, you're right. I think that's someone who's just like in the weeds. They're just confused. Like either they, they know they yeah. want to come to school, but they're just not sure for what, Or, or why? Or you're right, like they they get there and kind of just like it can be overwhelming. So I do understand that, but you're you're right, you've given them a map. And it's a student that I I think you said it just like wants you to tell them what to do. But we know we can't, we can't do that. We can only provide guidance. So they're, you know, they are just not using the resource that you've given them. And I think that can be frustrating because we, you know, we've done our research to say, like, here's what you need to do. Or we we know the steps they need to go through, but they're just not following them. So there's, like, that. They just, like, give them what they need. They're just not following it. Or I feel like it's the same tier of student. They get there and they're just like, I'm not sure what to do. And they have no clue. And they don't want to really, they don't want to, like, they don't want to take that plunge without you or, like, without somebody there for them. But, you know, we don't always yeah. have the capacity to handhold every student through the whole entire process that hopefully doesn't sound harsh, but we don't have that capacity sometimes.
1: Like I, like I can give an example. I remember one time this was before, like, I think Mm -hmm. COVID had hit or like after when people were starting to come back to the campuses. Like I remember having one international student and they just showed up in my office and they're like, Hey, I'm so-and-so. And And I was like, so-and-so. And I'm like looking through my notes. And I'm like, hey, I sent you like several different like communications, even had admissions reach out to you. There was no response. So we thought you weren't going to show up. Like, oh, yeah, I'm here. And I'm like, okay. So I'm looking, you haven't registered for any classes. <laughs> classes are starting tomorrow. He's like, yeah, where do I go to the accounts? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. man. Like, I'm like, you came this whole way just to sit in my desk. Like, I would definitely pre plan to make sure I'm all set before I made that long journey to make sure I am right situated. So those kind of students, they, they kind of surprise you sometimes because it's like, wow, you just, you're like, I'm just going to show up today and get it all done. I'm like, it's okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll work with you. <laughs> but, but then it kind of makes me like a little nervous mm-hmm. too, because I'm like, I wonder how they're going to do with finding their classes and, you know, like, attending classes, doing the work that's supposed to be required. So it does make me nervous and it kind of keeps me on the radar to make sure that, and most often than not, they'll check in with you first and before Mm -hmm. you check in with them. (laughs) So, but yeah, those ones kind of make me nervous. But I would say that those are the first tier of like difficult student. The next tier student for me would be... I would say maybe like medium student, you have a student come in the office maybe they don't agree with the professor. And but they're I wouldn't say like the professor is 100% in the right, but I wouldn't say that the student <laughs> is 100 in the, in the right either. So you're sitting and you're trying to unpack the situation of okay, so this wasn't here, but however, he did have a syllabus right. here and you're saying you missed the work because you didn't show up on this day so that's why you didn't get the information and that's why he doesn't want to be flexible (laughs) with you so it's like you're trying to get this whole entire story to unpack it and it's just difficult because sometimes you know it's it's, sometimes the students will come in you know into your office a little high energy or a little distraught so you're trying to kind of balance this difficult dialogue with all the energy that's Mm -hmm. bouncing in the room and you don't when you want to sound like you're obviously giving an unbiased ear as you're trying to sort things out and clarify so those i would say are kind of like on a medium scale like sort of difficult
0: situation Mm -hmm. you want to chime in on that before Mm -hmm. i go on and i I just harp on what you said or just go off what you said too it's not that you know sometimes there are there there are also difficult instructors or difficult professors and so Yeah. yeah i like what you said too like it's sometimes that neither one are meeting each other in the middle or yeah there is the instructor the instructor professor is just not helping the student at all or the student is not helping themselves at all so then the instructor can't even help them because it's like you're too far gone from even like picking it back up so there yeah i think there's extremes even within that (laughs) but i like i like like what you said Yeah. yeah
1: And, and and then we just serve as the mediator yeah, in between exactly. and sometimes you're getting backlash from maybe a professor or a student and you're like, Hey, I'm just trying yeah. to mediate. I wasn't there. You guys aren't even comfortable talking to each other. So I'm just <laughs> right. trying to help. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Don't hurt me. And then I would say the third, the highest difficult student like kind of difficult student is I know in my experience when I know I have to when a student comes in my office very combative Mm -hmm. about an issue or there's like an issue in the classroom maybe like a like a blowout that kind of happened or I know there's a difficult student if I know I have a high-strung student and I'm probably going to deliver them some bad news of they're probably going to get dismissed or they're put on probation Mm -hmm. or something or by those are the most I would say those are the scenarios that are not my favorite at all. Where I start the day, I'm like, great, I have to give some bad news to someone. And I already know this student, like 75% of the student's reaction is going to be very mm-hmm. reactive. And it's not going to be a calm kind of situation to walk through steps. So that's, the, that's what I think is the most difficult. I, I've definitely had to do academic dismissals. And those are... I hate academic dismissals, but mm-hmm. they have to be done. And for the most part, it's kind of like a 50-50. I know, a, I know I'm not going to feel well at the end of the conversation. I don't enjoy doing those. 50-50, I know a student's going to be very, very remorseful saying, well, what else can I do? Is there anything else I can do? Uh, can I contact someone else? And it's like, well, you were already on probation. You mm-hmm. went through these steps. You went through these check-through points. And this is what ended up happening. You lack communication, da-da-da-da-da. This is what happened. You either have a very remorseful student and they're figuring out where to go to next, or you have the other 50% where it's just a blowout smackdown. Well, my professor did this. Well, I did say this. and Oh, so you're going to take what the professor said from the grade book? Uh, Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Blowout, blowout, blowout. Well, I don't think that this is fair. Do-do-do-do-do-do. And it's just those days... I literally have to, you know, I pray before I have these conversations. I'm not going to lie to you because I literally know it's going to be a 50-50 kind of day. So we thought that it would be cool to talk about this because when you're in student support, you have to have these conversations, Mm -hmm. period. I hate them, but they are, uh, you grow from them because you know how to handle conflict. Mm -hmm. You know how to, you kind of get this charisma to go along with it so you can kind of, figure out a way to not necessarily make both people happy, but to kind of end up with, okay, these are the options. These are the next steps. I know that this is not something you want to hear. Um, so we wanted to have this dialogue with you guys, kind of share because we know that we all go through it and it's mm-hmm. not just you. And we wanted to kind of deal, have some pointers to deal with these difficult dialogues, these difficult students and these difficult situations. So we are going to share a little bit of our, some of our example experiences and then I found this really good write up from the University of Louisville, Louisville. and Maybe Google, I sorry Louisville <laughs> <laughs> and it has a couple of tips in here of when de- how they go about dealing with difficult students. And the first thing that they put on here which really stood out for me is it says don't personalize mm-hmm. the situation. Take a breath and look at the situation as objectively as possible. And that stood out so much for me. There's been so many days where I've had a hard talk with a student and it would get to me mentally throughout the Mm -hmm. whole entire day. And I have to literally tell myself, you can't personalize this. You can't internalize this. If I went about doing checkpoints with the student, they weren't communicating back with me. They weren't putting in that effort. I did what I could do. And that's all that can be done. There's nothing else that can be done. I can't do the work for them. I can't hand literally hand hold their hand physically and walk them to class every day. I did my part, and that's it. They didn't succeed. It's sad, but I can't internalize that. So that stood out a lot for me because there's been a lot of days where I had to say, you got to let it go, Kevin. Mm-hmm. You got to let it go.
0: True. Yeah, I, I feel like I had, I had this, this week. And I always feel like after I have a really – if it's like a, a student that I was very frustrated in the moment – I go and tell everybody like in my, in my hall, I'm like, everybody's going to hear about this. That's a way for me to vent. But you're also, you're absolutely right. You can't internalize it. You can't take it personally. Uh, Cause I, w- I wanted to mention too, that we don't know what students are coming in there with. All we hear is like, we yeah. don't know what their, what happened to them before they walked into our office. We don't know what they're going through in their life situation, unless they share it with us. But most times they come in there for, the academic issue or the advising issue. So you only hear that part. And it's not our role as academic advisors um, or all student support staff. If you're if you're trained to do that, then that's one thing. But most of us aren't trained to handle like more, you know, deeper, deeper issues. So we can only explain to them like the academic part or the classes part. I, I think I'm trying to get to a point where if I've done my job and I've done all I can do in my Within my limitations, like that's it. That's what I'm able to do. And if the student doesn't agree with that, that's not on me. And so where I was just like, my blood was boiling because the student was arguing with me. And I'm like, no, mm. I'm like, yes, we make mistakes, but I know I'm not wrong on this. And I think it was, it was more of it was more yeah, of so- there was a, a way that came the student could have came in there. Maybe like you talked about kind of like how they come in the energy that they're bringing came in a little bit differently and then i could have also responded differently so like you said it's learning experience i i learned from that yeah. and it's not to say that you won't ever get frustrated i won't ever be frustrated ever again but i felt like there's a way where i don't have to show that i'm frustrated because i was giving the right i was giving the information but it was just like it was coming out a little little harsh probably so yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> you can't take it personally. And go back to your office. Like Kemi said, if you have to go back there and pray, if you have to go back there even before or after and you have to take breaths, if you have to step outside, do do that. If you need to go tell your supervisor, like, I just need a minute. Can I go for a walk, please? Or if you if you don't even say anything, just do what you need to do to either prepare yourself for a, a meeting you may know is gonna be difficult. Or if you just had something that's difficult that was unexpected, just step away, and from situation, come back and make sure you document it. We we're gonna say too, make sure you document everything, so that somebody yes. either you know after you comes and they know what happened, or if you have to have a trail, you know you've emailed the student or followed yes. up. There's paper trail so that what you said, you know you wrote it down and you can always reference it in case someone tries to say. They never told me that. No, I have it right here. I told you on this date, these three things or these whatever things. Yeah.
1: You actually just mentioned two of the points on here too, Kiki. So it says maintain records of interactions with difficult students. That is very, very, very important. Mm-hmm. There's, I've definitely experienced that in several times where I'll hear, I'll have a parent call me and they said, well, my student said this, and I'll pull up my records and say, on this day, I met with this student. And I said, because of this, there's notes here from a professor because of this. Well, obviously, I had to check FERPA first to see if I can disclose mm-hmm. this information. And if the FERPA went through, I was like, okay, you're on FERPA. I'm going to let you know what has right. been happening. On day, on the 12th day at 2 p.m., I called him into my office and I right. said, hence, quote, and then on here, professor, hence, said that they left and flipped the desk, hence, said. <laughs> <laughs> so, I owe it, yeah, so for sure, maintain records of in of interactions and difficult students. That's the most, I think that really hurts, like to sound really transparent. That really mm-hmm. hurts my heart when someone says so much lies mm-hmm. about something. I'm like, you're really going to just assassinate right. my character mm-hmm. like that to think that I am going to be so malicious to 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 right. say these lies mm-hmm. about you. I'm like, one, I have a huge (laughs) course load for one. For two, why would I want to? Like, I am a student support, like, student support and student support service. Yeah, no,
0: it's true. You know? I was saying on the encouraging side to what you said, like, when you said a student assassinates your character, on the encouraging side, if you know your character and you know you come in every day and you're there to support students sincerely, if your team knows that and your managers know that and people around you know who you are then that one student that's never met you before or has met you three or four times and they know that you've helped them every 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 time that shouldn't like again that's something you shouldn't take for this for all of us like we shouldn't take personally because like I said because you have a whole you have a whole team of people that know how you operate know how you work so we're, we're, we're going to have those students that are going to try because they're trying to save their behinds, you know, it's like yeah. they, they're coming in. And again, we don't know why they're coming in a certain way. Sometimes we don't know what they're dealing with on the outside of, of them meeting with us, but they are coming in because maybe their parents sent them or their guardians, somebody sent them there to clarify or to rectify a situation. But we know there we've we've already explained this to you but they're gonna they're gonna do everything in their power to turn it in their favor and it's it's never that and there there are some people that legitimately are in student support they're not going to help you that that's that's anywhere you go like it doesn't matter what you do that's with doctors that's with lawyers that's with other professionals they just aren't always in it for the right reason i hate to say that but it's true but I would say the majority of us in our profession are there for the right reasons. And like you say, Kemi, we have no reason to not tell the truth. So, yeah, the student's coming in there, you have, your, you have records. And why would we lie in records? Because actually, I, I know if records, if a student requests them, they can ask for them and get them. I'm going to tell the truth. I have no reason to embellish anything. I have no reason to not tell the truth. I'm saying it as it happened, so that there's a paper trail and so that somebody comes and sees it and they're like, Oh okay, Kiki did. Kiki said that. Kemi said that. I know they're telling the truth, and that's all that matters. If somebody wants to come in there and right. try to make up things, that's on them. Truth, yeah. truth truthfully, because yeah. it does happen. I, I know it does happen. And it stinks, yeah. but it's there. It but I think too, I, I like the point that you want to create opportunity for educating the student. Or educating the parent as well Mm -hmm. because maybe someone's coming in there like you said high energy not sure what they want to do they want to quit school and that's where our people skills come into play like our encouraging skills our motivating skills our knowledge of the schools or the institutions that we work at being able to provide the student with an option or options to say okay It doesn't have to be this way, like to spin it in a positive light so that they can see a a different perspective. Because sometimes all they really want is they come in there with their perspective. All they really want is somebody to come in and say there are other ways sometimes. Um, Or, you know, even if a student like you have to dismiss them academically, that seems like an end all be all. But you've been dismissed academically from that school. If you can pick your, you know, if you can go back somewhere else. And I know sometimes schools. Talk to each other, you know, if. You're dismissed from this school, it's hard to get into another school. But is there something else you can do to get back on track? Yeah.
1: So, like, yeah. So it sounds like your point is whenever you're having a difficult dialogue, whether it's academic dismissal, still have options for what, or they anything, can do next. honestly. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah, for anything, mm-hmm. honestly, because I, you always want to make it not leave like, okay, you're out, right. well, bye-bye, mm-hmm. peace. You don't want to say that. So whenever I have to give like a difficult dialogue for something, I I provide them with, well, these are your next steps and these are your next options. If you're academically dismissed here, what you could do is you could look at the different school in this institution, see if they'll accept you, or you can too- Begin looking at other programs that are close by Mm -hmm. that have the same major and you don't even have to send them this recent transcript. You can send them your transcript from your original one from your undergraduate or high school, whatever. So I tried to leave those little bits of these are things that you can do next. Unfortunately, your option, you can no longer return to this specific program because your GPA is too low so, but this is what you can do now, or maybe even consider taking a break going home and figuring out if this program, this career, is the right match for you, because if you're having mm-hmm. a hard time with all these quantitative skills, and this is what the main career does, then maybe you want to do something that doesn't mm-hmm. have that much math, you know? Because sometimes as human beings, we're like, "Oh, we want to do this job, it makes a lot of money." And so you actually put, get your hands in the game, you're like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this." So you know, that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good point. Just having options at the end of that, of that right. dialogue. So you're not just leaving
0: them. Yeah. And that's for nothing. anything for students that come in, not knowing what they want to do. Okay. Let's talk about what we offer here, what other schools offer. Like you're right. Leaving them with something. Students that are like, I don't want to finish my yeah. degree. I don't know what to do. Okay. Well, it's like, okay, well, you've, you've made it this mm-hmm. far. What else can we think about? Or if that's where it's important to just knowing our campus resources if you can point them in the direction of a career counselor of maybe counseling services, sometimes counseling services help students with like stress, stress management or time management skills, Mm -hmm. or just helping them to create a plan, you know, things like that, whatever we all can do to make sure, like you said, Kimmy, I like that. Make sure that students have something at the end of it so that you don't leave them like, I can't help you. I can't help you today. Like I always kind of, I always kind of, Feel bad with my or insecure myself sometimes. I just like, I say a lot of things and I'm like, I'm not sure if that helped you. And they're like, no, it did. And I'm like, whew, okay, thank you. I said something that made sense. Cause I know we use a lot of our uh, higher education jargon a lot of the times, but at least leaving students yeah. with something tangible, I think makes them feel like, okay, somebody listened to me today and somebody wants me to know that I have a pathway to be on. I have options for what I'm gonna do next
1: mm mm-hmm. so. yeah, you want to drive into dive into the next point on here you want me to you do, can do it, it? Or you want to dive into the next one okay, so on this list for when dealing with difficult students, it mentions identify the specific behavior of mm-hmm. concern, and I think that helps a lot too because if you have a student come in the, in the in your office and you say, Hey, you're not really doing well in this course you don't want them to go and you do, you don't want them just to leave saying, oh man, I'm going to fail this class. You need to be specific as to what's the why that they're not doing well Mm -hmm. in this class. So you need to, you know, pull apart that conversation of, okay, are you going to class every day? Yeah, I am. Okay, do you have a planner? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because these notes are, the professor's notes are saying that you have three assignments that are late. Do you have a planner? No, I don't have a planner. Okay, boom. That's a specific behavior that we can actually turn around. I need you to go get a planner. Get, get a highlighter and get a pen. And I need you to sit down this weekend and write down everything, all your due dates in this planner. And if it helps you, if you, you can also have a calendar and put that in front of where your mm-hmm. workspace is. So be specific in that, the concern or behavior. So it doesn't seem overwhelming as to, oh my gosh, I'm just not getting this class. I'm just not. Target the spe- specific behavior so I know it's manageable and what their action mm-hmm. items are. So that does help the conversation a lot.
0: Absolutely, um, and yeah. Do you want to add on that? Or you want to go? To the well, I think we kind of. Um, well, I was going to say on the behavior one. I'm going to kind of jump down the list because we can keep going off of that. But it says to address inappropriate, disruptive, or concerning behaviors, like when you're with the student. Like there's, they're saying don't wait till it happens again. So don't wait till the next time you meet with them. So if you see something that the student, you know, they're bringing a certain behavior that is concerning to you, address it right there with them. Because sometimes people just don't know how they act or respond to things until someone tells them. Because Kemi and I were just talking about sometimes there's cultural differences. And in a certain certain culture, it's okay to speak to people like that. But when you come to another country or a different environment, you may need to just adjust to how things are done or wait till people get to know you to... Kind of, you know they have to warm up to you first, to understand where you're coming from. So if you know if a student's coming yeah. in a certain way, it's okay to say, "You know, I see what you're saying, I understand what you're saying, but maybe there's another way for you to address the situation or address what your concerns are as a student, and we can all like you want you, we want to be professional as well. We want to be professional. We should also encourage the students to be professional when we're meeting with them too. So if it's a cultural issue, if it's the way they're speaking to you, if they're using inappropriate language or inappropriate, just something, you know, something's not coming off, right. Just tell them that's okay. So I was going to kind of keep it with the behavior thing, but I know I skipped down to that point.
1: Yeah. I think that's a key one. Cause maybe you'll have a student that keeps on showing up late. So you want to say, Hey, I'm going to let you know, if you want to get further with some mm-hmm. more opportunities, whenever you have a meeting with someone that's a professor or someone in this department, be there like five mm-hmm. minutes early. It sets a precedent. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna remember that or When you're going into like a dean's office, don't wear PJs. Right. Don't wear PJs. Yeah, it's about (laughs) about presenting yourself well too. Mm -hmm. It's about presenting yourself well too. I think a lot of the times we were talking about earlier, nowadays people are like, well, you're going to get all of me. This is who I am. Yeah, that's true. But if you want more opportunities, you got to look like you're chasing Mm -hmm. after that opportunity. Mm -hmm. If you want it, you have to. So make, make your, like if you're going into an office, like, look presentable. You don't have to wear tux <laughs> or anything, but look presentable. Be professional. Don't be right. cussing in there. Um, come like you're ready for opportunity, you know, and that puts you a step forward. There's been many times where we've had students that, you know, just went, just introduced themselves to the offices. We just got to, got, got to know people better. Um, did some like assistantships. Like they really stood out and did a lot of work in mm-hmm. the campus community. And, I was like, "Oh, this student is a is a standout student. They're putting mm-hmm. in that effort. They it makes them shine." So that way if we have a board meeting and we say, "Oh, we have the scholarship. Anybody have any ideas for the scholarship?" I'm like, "Oh, Marco, I think Marco would be great for that." Or like, "Oh, we have like this job opportunity. Anybody in this program?" Yeah, so and so is in this major. They were in my office. I would definitely send them mm-hmm. to that company cuz they're going to be a great representation of mm-hmm. our institution. So Letting them know how to attain that, that helps them so much. People just don't know right. sometimes. We, we we have to really show grace in that a lot of people just mm-hmm. don't know. And in order to let them know, we do have to share with them kindly. Let's not just say, okay, you mm-hmm. look a hot mess. Let's say, hey, I'm going to be right. honest with right. you here. Next time, dress a little yeah. more snazzier, get a little clean shirt, and mm-hmm. you'll be rocking, mm-hmm. you know? So that does help mm-hmm. a lot more and it just provides an educational opportunity and you'll you'll not only change them for that moment in that institution, you're going to make an impact for them. Yeah, exactly. As well. So and that's what that's what our, a large part of our job mm-hmm. is. So, yeah. Also, I like these statements under here about the use the I mm-hmm. statements to kind of like clarify when you're talking about a, like a difficult topic with a student, a lot of these honestly sound like if you were a psychology <laughs> major, it sounds like a lot of the sentences that you use to clarify and understand and unravel what a person is trying to get to. So, for example, if you have someone that's very high-strung in your office, like I'm happy to, to speak with you about this matter. Um, however, I need you to... Let's bring our... Our voice down a little bit lower. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Everybody can hear you in the other offices. And so that way we can actually have a calm understanding of Mm -hmm. what's going on. So we can meet each other at the same level. So using that kind of I statement or using a clarifying statements as to, okay, I hear that you sound frustrated. Is that correct? It sounds like you're frustrated. And then repeat back to them the situation that they're saying. So you get a clear understanding as to what they're telling you. And then from that say, okay, you said that the professor didn't receive your email on these two dates. So it sounds like you're frustrated because of the lack of communication mm-hmm. here. So they're like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. So you're just making sure that you're just like, oh, you're just not pissed off at your teacher. You want to know what's the why behind everything. And another thing here that I thought was very helpful was what does it say here? Ch-ch-ch. Repeat the statement calmly two times. I already said that. Oh, something that's not on the list that I usually use is if I'm talking to a student in my office and we're there for 20 minutes and we're just going Mm -hmm. on around in a circle around and around and around and around, I say, okay, so let's say I had a magic wand. What would be the ideal result that you would Mm -hmm. want from this situation? And then they tell me that. And then from there, I'll say, okay, so you just want this. So that's what you want. You want an adjustment for your graduation date. I can try and work with that from you. Or I can instantly say, no, that's mm-hmm. not an option. And mm-hmm. this is why. And so that kind of helps a little bit to say like, okay, what's your perfect answer? Because that's mm-hmm. all I can give you. Like, that's all I can give you is it a yes or no, or I can have a better understanding of what I mm-hmm. can connect you with. So that's definitely a difficult one. I've definitely, I don't enjoy those where you have a student, you're telling them, that's not an option. And they're just going right back around the bush again. <laughs> you are like I totally understand where you're coming from. I get your frustration. So it does sound like you're very concerned. However, we cannot provide that. We can do this instead. I'm like, okay, in a perfect what would you want? And then it was only like to one, it was one time that I had escalated to the dean mm-hmm. because they were just getting too too rowdy in my office. The dean was right there. And sometimes you will get those students that they just want to hear the exact answer that came out your mouth from someone it's in true. higher mm-hmm. position. That, that's a personal pet peeve mm-hmm. of mine. I hate that. When I'm, wa- I'm working with you, I'm walking around it with you. I'm telling you, I literally say, this is exactly what the deans mm-hmm. will say to you. This is, this is the instructions that right. they've given me, but they still want to hear it from someone mm-hmm. else higher than you. And once you reach that point of exhaustion, I say, you know what? That's fine. Go right ahead. You're just going right. to get the same answer. Because at that point, it's a dead right. conversation. I even see that you know? with
0: our, because they're all their their supports their support staff as well. People at people that work at the front desk who are doing like check in, and they can tell a student, you know, those that are equipped to understand what a student's telling them, and they can, you know, they can, they're like, okay, they're comfortable answering the question, and they tell the student X Y Z, and the student's like, well, I want to hear it from somebody else that knows more. That just like so, if you don't want to hear from somebody that is telling you something succinct that just shows you don't they're not getting the respect that they deserve as well because again why do we need to make things right. up but i do understand you know because that's, that's what happens in life We're like i'll talk to a manager that's fine but in this case it's something it could be something simple like somebody at the front desk told them oh no we don't do that here you need to go downstairs because that happens a lot in our office they'll be like we don't do that function here that's somewhere else and they're like well no i still want to see an advisor and it's like, okay. And they'll, 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 check the student in, put them on the list and they'll say, they'll put in our, like, in our little notes, they'll say, I told student, we don't do that here, but they wanted to see an advisor. And then they get back to us. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, we don't do that here. I think, I think they told you at the front desk though, we don't serve students in that way in this department, but that's in the department downstairs. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. But I, I don't get it, but I don't understand it, but it does happen. And if you want to talk to somebody above me, that's fine. Like you said, they're gonna hear the same thing that I said. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but another point that was, I think the last point that was in this list was avoid creating an adversarial relationship where there's no room for movement. That's that goes back to professionalism as well. But I really, I really believe that just means create a space, a safe space for students. We we know a lot of we know a lot of information that students support staff. And I think I was saying something before that we use a lot of our higher education jargon. And students don't always understand that. We do, we do have to make it sometimes very basic for them because this is a lot of times new for a lot of people. So if we can create an environment where we're helping the student learn, that goes back to educational opportunity, but helping them learn and not making it where it's like we're just talking to them. We're talking at them, I should say. We should talking with them, helping them to understand so that when they leave, they know something new that they didn't know when they came in there. But, you know, just not, we shouldn't, as student support staff, should not be creating a hostile environment for a student where we've totally turned them off from coming back to school at all because they had a bad experience with one person, which it unfortunately happens. I know it happens because I hear about it sometimes. And I'm like, who thank thank goodness they came back because, I know either I can serve them, another one of my colleagues can, or someone else in a different department can serve them and give them what they need. But I know it does happen where staff don't provide a safe environment, a safe space for students to learn, understand. And that can, sometimes student coming in, it's a make or break opportunity for them. This is like a last resort for them. Maybe in their head, it could be the last thing to get them where they want to be. And if they come in, and they don't feel welcomed, or they don't feel heard. They're not right. going to come back.
1: Um, another helpful tip I would say is to have discernment when to bring a supervisor into your situation. So, like for example, for some of my academic dismissals, I would have my my um, the assistant dean sitting with me or the associate dean, what what have you, uh, because at that point in my previous position, if a student is on academic probation. That means they have a whole semester for them to increase their GPA. So that means like I'm literally meeting with them, like maybe or sending an email every three weeks, having some sit down meetings to check in with them after midterms. I've had multiple communications with them. I have a general, under, a good understanding of this student because I'm also talking to their professors. So I know what they're like. So based off of this, this information, sometimes I'm like, okay, I have a good rapport with this student. I know what I... I've met with them. They honestly even know what their outcomes going to be. I can have this one on one conversation with them. And I know this is how it's going to turn out versus if I have I know it's going to be a high strung student or a student that has just been blatantly not showing up to class, not talking mm-hmm. to professors, not talking to me. I'm like, I think it would be best if I could have the assistant dean sit in with me on this because it sounds, I'm not sure what this outcome is going to be with the student's conversation. Uh, there's been conversations where I had to do academic dismissals or just give bad news mm-hmm. to like a suspension, like at my other previous position. And I already knew that the student was high strung, high tempered, aggr- like did not get along well with his classmates. Wasn't the most respectful in some of their classes. So I would actually have like a manager from, um, in My previous job, I would have a manager from another department and I would say, hey, can you chill in my friend Allison's office and you guys just keep an ear out if the voices escalate and then knock on the door. So you have to make a way for if, if it's going to get to that mm-hmm. level of, of conflict that you need to make sure that you're able to break away. Because most of the time when you are a, in a, a student support role, you're dealing with situations that are private and, and FERPA sensitive. So usually you'll close your door for a lot of your communication with your students. So sometimes that can be a little scary because sometimes mm-hmm. people are crazy. <laughs> so so I there's definitely been times where I have a student coming in and I'm not sure, if I'm not really sure how they're going to be, I'll say to my coworkers next to me, I'm like, hey, keep an ear mm-hmm. out. And if it escalates, um, like sometimes, like I remember Allison, shout out to Allison, if you're hearing this, she'll like ping me and be like, you, you okay in there? You need help? And I'm like, I got it. it's okay. <laughs> like, so, you know, establish that and assess your situation. You don't have to handle everything mm-hmm. on your own. So you don't want to be put mm-hmm. in that situation. And I would
0: say on the same token with that, if there's a student in your office that is having, that is expressing to you like self-harm or anything where you can tell that you, you, you need help from somebody that is equipped to work with students that are maybe going through like a crisis in your office, then definitely I was, I, this happened to me a couple of times. I just, I never leave the student. I try I try not to leave them. Maybe I have, sometimes I have to like run because somebody was responding to me. I have to run and be like, can you please call so-and-so? But I would, you know, I you, I do sometimes ask the student, do you want somebody else to come speak to you? Like do you feel like you could talk to somebody right now and you can refer them to maybe your counseling services department, but a quick a quick chat to somebody. If you can come up here and provide some assistance with this student, that would be great. Because like Kimmy said, we're not able to do everything. We're not equipped to do everything. Sometimes you really do need somebody from a different department, whether it's counseling services for a student that's in crisis. If you are feeling like a student is threatening you, call security. I know somebody at my job always says, yeah. <laughs> it's silly, and I don't know if security knows this, but they'll be like, um, can I order a pizza, please? And that's like their signal to security that they need help. Yeah, It's oh, like if cool you have one. a code word with somebody. Mm-hmm. So it sounds, yeah. so I'm sure to the student, it sounds weird because they're probably going off on you and they're like, you're like can, I, can, you, can I order a pizza, please? But if you have something with security or sometimes, you know, sometimes they do have built-in alarms for you to press, that's not everywhere. I know we have that some places yeah. in, our, in our building, but don't ever hesitate. If you don't feel safe, don't ever hesitate to call security. That's what they're there for. And yeah, I guess we'll go into this in our other in our relevant ramble. Um, but on that same token, not sorry, different token. Different token, different coin. <laughs> different, different, different coin. coin. But I also wanted to right. Bill. <laughs> I also wanted to mention that sometimes we deal with difficult parents. And this is this is real quick, because I know I don't deal with them a whole lot as much lately, but they happen. And I think we we mentioned like helicopter parents. We mentioned bulldozer Bulldozer parents, parents. right? So it can be, it can be parents. It can be grandparents. It can be aunts and uncles. It can be guardians, support. It could be a friend, but somebody that comes in there, like we have to remember we are here to serve this particular student. It's fine for whoever they bring to come in with them. I don't mind usually, but if they're over-talking the student, I'm fine to say, Look, it's great you can be here. I've heard my other colleagues say this too. Thank you for being here. It's great that you're here to support them, but I need to hear from the student because that's who's gonna be in the classroom. You're not gonna be in the classroom with them. You're not doing the homework for them. Maybe you are, I don't know. But when, it's, when it comes to coming, going to class, this is their education. I need to hear from them. And sometimes they'll they'll be quiet. Cause I, I know I have, I've had a parent, I had a parent a couple months ago who I'd, I asked a student a question and the parent interrupted what she was about to say. And I was like, do you mind if if I listen to her first, please? Because this is who I'm here to speak to today. So you'll definitely have those situations where you have to address parents as well. Find what's comfortable for you to say. Sometimes you may have to ask a parent to step out. You sometimes will have to do that. Or you leave the room with the student and take the student somewhere else. But if you want to sit here, then that's fine. We'll be right back. Because honestly, sometimes students may feel that they can't say everything in front of their, whoever's with them, if it's their parent. They're not comfortable to say everything and you just need some time. Or maybe, you know, if, you, if the parents in there, they're not, it's, it's really becoming challenging. Follow up with the student after, just follow up with them after when the parent's not there. And it's not, it's not being sneaky. It's just literally, I need to talk to you one-on-one whether it's email or a phone call. It happens. It does happen. And you just want to be prepared and have kind of your, your toolkit that you can use with difficult parents as well. You deal with that too, Kemi? Or have you dealt with that too?
1: Yeah, uh, um, Yes. In one of my other jobs, I dealt with a lot of parents. I, like not a lot of them, but every time I did, literally it was like 90% of the parents, it was like, oof, it wasn't great. because And like the other 10% was actually parents that were really like, I want to check in. I want to keep my child accountable. Da, 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 what are these next steps? And I was like, oh my gosh, you're heaven mm-hmm. sent. Oh my goodness. Can you talk to mm-hmm. other parents for me? Because sometimes you'll have parents that uh, there's helicopter parents and you'll have bulldozer parents. You'll have some parents that think that their child, it is their sweet angel, it's their child, but they're not telling you the no. whole entire truth and they're not doing what they should be doing and they don't no. want to hear it. And then you have, there was one, student, I guess I'll talk about that in our next Relevant Ramble, where the mom was a bulldozer parent. And I was like, this, I've never seen this kind of species of parent in my life. But this was something interesting, where no matter how many notes you gave her, everything, you were in the wrong, and you had to finagle something to to fix and resolve the situation of the test, of them not being there, to give them extra makeup time, even when they were not present and then you knew they were in the wrong. So that mm-hmm. was crazy. Would, would you rather deal with difficult students all day or deal with difficult parents all day?
0: <laughs> uh, do I, if I have to choose one, I have no idea. I feel like this, I feel like students can be, I feel like I would say students because with parents, Thanks. like I said, sometimes you may have to dismiss, dismiss a parent. And right. I don't want to do it with a student, though. I don't want to dismiss anybody, but the student's the one that I'm here to talk with about their path. I'm not here to, I'm not here to get the parent to where they need to be, unless they're, unless they're the student. So yeah. I never want to dismiss a student. So I feel like I, I feel better when I can encourage them and move, help them move along, because parent, sometimes, parents, sometimes parents do uh, create room No room for movement. You know what I'm saying? That's like one of the points we made. Sometimes they do that. I'd rather get them out the way and talk to the students. So I would say that was a long answer of saying students. You said said same though? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I would totally work with students just because we have a better rapport with them. In higher ed, like usually the student is like, I think this, the youngest student I had was 16. I was like, Aww. how would you get in here? But um, other than that, like, they're usually like 17, yeah. 18 or older. And you know they're at that point in their life where it's time for they're, – they're growing those legs mm-hmm. of independence. So I – would I, and, you have, and you have a rapport with them. And you generally want mm-hmm. them to do well. So these are the times where you're like, hey, these are the consequences of your actions. I'm trying to help you navigate back right. on the path. So I want to I work with them more, you know? And also they're here. Their mm-hmm. boots are on the ground. They're the one with these experiences. Your parents aren't here in the classroom with you every right. single day. Uh, you're growing now. You're becoming an adult now. So your, your parents can help mm-hmm. you, obviously. They're in your life. But they can't fix everything right. for you now, you know? So I'd rather have those experiences with the students because we're on the same level of this institution, what's going on, the environment, the climate, versus the parent, they came for move-in day or orientation day. They don't know all the professors. They don't know how the vibe is. They don't know the structure. Mm-hmm. They don't know the formula, but they're like, my child says, and I need this. And it's like, well, your student already knows that that's not an option. They already have been here for three classes. They know that's not how things work. So um, yeah, for me, I'd rather do, even though I had a tons of difficult experiences with students, but many mm-hmm. rewarding ones as well, but other difficult dialogues, I'd rather mm-hmm. meet with students
0: for mm-hmm. sure. But I, want, I wanted to say too, I know we, this was like not a negative episode because it definitely happens. Like this is the reality of student support. You work with different personalities all the time. But I did want to also highlight that we do have a lot of positive experiences as well. And I'm grateful for I'm grateful for, for sure. all the experiences, even though after a student that, you know, where you know, I'm upset, I'm going to vent about it. I'm going to complain about it. But the two days later, I might be like, okay that was a good learning experience for me so that I know the next time I have a student that's similar or the same student, I know how to respond the next time. But I don't know if there are any students out here listening to this episode, but I, I hope this encourages you. Like, we understand that you're coming in with all, with different things. Like there's, there's outside of school life, there's school life, you have personal life, you have friends, you have your work life maybe. So we understand the same way that we all deal with different things we know you're coming in with certain certain situations that we just don't know about, but hopefully if you're hearing this episode you're like i don't want to be that student, and it happens sometimes sometimes i've i've been that student before. I could be that person oh, i know i'm you. that person probably <laughs> in, in life <laughs> I know yes me but but hopefully this is helping helping students understand. What we go through, I think that's maybe what's lacking a lot of times. Students, and this, maybe you should feel this way sometimes, like you come and you're like, you're helping me and we get that. We, ha- we, we are here to help you, but it's not just one student. You know, we, we don't only have one student. We deal with a lot of students. So I guess what I'm trying to say is please have some grace with us as well, because we have to deal with a lot of personalities every single day. And a, oh, yeah. a whole a whole lot of personalities every single day when it comes to working with students. and this is what we're here to do. We're here to serve students. We're here to help you all encourage you all. but we're we're getting email we're bombarded with emails, and I know when students find ways to like message me in different ways. you know give 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 grace where you know if you send an email, give 24 to 48 hours. It, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. We're not 911, so sometimes there is a there's a crisis, but I know we can't handle. It. I know I can't handle it. If you if you're in a crisis, I know I can't handle it because I'm not an emerge. I'm not a first responder. Um, so just understand, you know. Yeah, depending on the
1: most most of the time, depending on the situation, it won't be probably the student services unless they have a small campus and they're like their title nine. Yeah, true. Or something. Mm-hmm but if it's something like grade related, class related most of the time it can wait like in the it morning can wait till the morning the exactly time, it can wait till the know? morning um and i'll say i know like people i i thought i had big course loads i was listening for some other people that have mm-hmm. huge course loads and i'm like man how do you even uh keep organized to the point where it's like in the 700s 800s and i'm like for one i've heard person? thousands yeah so <laughs> just, yeah
0: so give a little grace to some of these people. You don't really know what their load is and what also. Right, they're going exactly. Through. It goes it goes both ways. So, you know, just just to give like some pointers, if you're, you know, a student listening to this, maybe you just wanted to hear what we're talking about today. Come in with questions for us. Know how know how to ask questions, know how to convey your point. If you need to take notes before you come in. I told a student yesterday, because she she was like, sorry, I'm gonna pull up my notebook and I was like, don't apologize a lot of students that I see don't even take notes and I'm saying a lot of things. Bring, bring a notebook with you. If you have questions to ask, do that. It really does. I think you mentioned it kind of before, Kimmy, it shows initiative on your part. Come in, you know, if you, if you came from a class just now and your professor really just ended the class off in a, in a negative way, maybe come take, take a breath. Don't, don't stomp over to the student services building if you need to go take a few laps around first and you know bring your bring your level down then do that. If you you know need to go just breathe or meditate pray for a moment, do that. Really what I'm trying to say is please have grace on us because it's not easy out here. It's really not. Which is why we wanted to share this episode with our fellow colleagues cuz we we see you, we hear you, we know what we're all going through in some ways and we all have our different experiences. As well. So if there's something that we missed that you feel like you've gone through or we didn't address properly, but and you're like, oh, there's, you know, there's ways, there's ways to do things. Or if you have your own, your own methods, yeah, of handling difficult conversations or difficult students, then please feel free to share them. You know, we always have our email in the show notes, our Instagrams in the show notes. So please make sure to reach out. And if you feel, if you feel like you've been, encouraged by this podcast or helped and you feel led to to donate monetarily then we would greatly appreciate that but it's not a requirement at all if you would share the podcast
1: like share subscribe share we would be
0: we would be thankful but hopefully this was helpful to to a fellow colleague out there in the in the field of student support because we need support to student support staff right
1: we do thank you guys for listening and we will catch see you in the next one Bye. thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of your advisors we'll see you now please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website
0: take a look at the show notes below and please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast Also show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.